27 minutes now. It is before 9 p.m. Under the microscope this evening, uh, we uh, placed the uh, second iteration of the SA Investment Conference currently taking place at the uh, Santon Convention Center. And uh, we've had all manner of uh, dialogue, engagement, uh, panel discussions, uh, pledges, promises, and announcements. And uh, we know in last year's inaugural investment conference, uh, local and international investors pledged to inject as much as 300, mil- uh, 300 billion, I should say, into the South African economy. And we've heard uh, by way of a progress or status update that about 80% of those projects uh, are already online. And according to uh, President Ramaphosa, uh, 31 projects uh, aimed at boosting the economy and creating job opportunities. And uh, the uh, airport's company, uh, one of our SOEs, and I must say and venture to add, I guess uh, one of the uh, ones we are, are always uh, proud of, is Betis Fuba, uh, about uh, AXA and uh, some of the achievements that they've had. Of course, was it good news because they got uh, downgraded? or a place on a negative outlook by the Moody's Investor Service. Uh, we announced that here on Metro FM Talk, I think, uh, a day or so ago. But uh, they made a commitment today, $12.8 uh, billion of an investment. And uh, I'm joined now on the line by the acting CEO uh, at uh, AXA, and that is Fundi Sitebe, to speak about this particular commitment. Fundi, good evening to you and welcome to Metro FM Talk. Good evening. Thank you very much, Ivan. Fundi, uh, we know what AXA is and uh, I guess the work that uh, you guys do in ensuring that uh, our airports uh, are are repaired, maintained, are in tip-top condition and that uh, all of the, uh, I guess, clients of yours who are the airlines are able to uh, connect us and are able to uh, take us uh, from uh, where we're flying from uh, to where we're flying to. Uh, But that being said, 12.8 billion rand that you've pledged to invest here, uh, just briefly, uh, where is this 12.8 billion going to go towards? And uh, you might maybe have a sense of uh, how many jobs that's going to translate to, how many projects and even, I guess, uh, technological and skills transfer opportunities. Wow, what a uh, m- many questions in one. Yes, um, so let yes. me start slowly. <laughs> so the 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 twelve point eight billion that we've pledged is going through to introducing, firstly, additional capacity. So it's new infrastructure that we're speaking about. Okay. Um, and if I have to then break it down per airport, is um, Cape Town International Airport is going to have three large projects that um, are going to start from in earnest, uh, perhaps uh, early 2020s so around Feb, we'll start to see a lot of construction. Okay. In Cape Town International Airport, we are um, going to have a new realigned runway, which is uh, in the region of about three, 3.4 billion rands. Um, we are going to also reconfigure our domestic arrivals terminal, um, and we are also going to do the international terminals. Um, uh, international terminal is going to also be revamped. So those are the three big projects that are coming out of Cape Town International. We've said over the years that um, we've seen amazing passenger growth in the double digits, um, particularly in Cape Town. And we found that from a capacity perspective, we've needed to increase um, one, in, in making sure that we've got bigger caged aircraft that are coming through to um, Cape Town International Airport, but also from a passenger perspective, just to make some of the layouts a lot more smoother. And um, I'm sure you've landed in Cape Town. You've always asked yourself, why is there this long walk to freedom? 
at the domestic terminal. <laughs> and that's one of the things that, that we are, are working on to make it a lot more seamless and a lot more passenger friendly. Similarly with our international terminal. Out of Oatamba International Airport, the big project for us is over the next few years, we're going to start with what we call a midfield cargo terminal. So that's going to be a cargo terminal specifically in between the two runways um, that is going to service the, the cargo market. Over the next two years after that, once we see that coming into stream, we can start looking at a midfield cargo, a midfield passenger terminal. So two big developments coming out of Oatambo there, as well as we're also introducing what we call remote apron stands. Um, fancy, fancy aviation terms, mm. but simply put, it's just parking, parking stands for aircraft that are not connected to a contact stand. We've seen that we've got more aircraft coming to park, especially the international carriers. And simply put, we've run out of space to park them in the morning before they leave in the evenings. So this allows us to park additional aircraft um, away from um, from the terminal building. Mm. Um, and those are the remote apron stands that okay. we've seen. And then also out of Kinshaka International Airport, we are just extending some of our, of our taxiways up there as well. And also remote apron stands that are being built. Okay. Fundi, I want us to uh, pause there. Quite a mouthful there by way of uh, investment and, uh, uh, of course, investment in capital expenditure, uh, which is something we always encourage here. And I want us to pause there and take a quick spot break. When we come back, uh, we'll take a look at, uh, I guess, what that is going to mean operationally for AXA and, uh, I guess, uh, some of the other things that are happening in your operating environment. 16 minutes it is now uh, before 9 p.m. And under the microscope, we have uh, placed the SA Investment Conference and uh, talking about one of the big pledges that were made today, a 12.8 billion rand investment by a state-owned company, uh, the airports company of South Africa. And they made this commitment, uh, expanding the capacity of uh, some of the airport terminals, uh, not only for uh, passenger uh, reasons, but also for uh, some of the uh, freight and uh, uh, other reasons in the aviation sector. And I'm joined by... Uh, uh, their acting CEO, uh, Fundi Siteb. Now, Fundi, uh, I guess you, you uh, eloquently explained uh, some of the uh, investments that you're going to make in expanding of capacity. One of the things I'm quite interested in is, uh, I guess, uh, from where you're sitting, how long you anticipate uh, it'll take to bring some of these projects online, and uh, more importantly, uh, uh, how much, uh, I guess, uh, or of an impact is this going to have on a construction sector that we know is going uh, through a very difficult period at this point in time? Very true. Um, so, specifically within Cape Town International Airport, we do anticipate, like I said, because we're going to have, you know, at at at, in, at one given point in time, we'll have three large projects that are, for lack of a better word, passenger facing. So we are having to make sure that we have a good balance in terms of making sure that we deliver on time and, of course, on budget, but also to make sure that our passengers foremost are safe, secure, and largely, you know, the passenger experience is not compromised um, in, in, in a large manner. So what we'll be doing is that um, we will have a portion of our operations that will be running, you know, outside of the, the terminal building, and that was starting already in February, what we call um, um, some of the, you know, just moving the passengers and making sure that, you know, whether it's immigration or all the passenger services being catered for in temporary structures um, outside. And we call those those enablement works outside of the terminal building just to make sure that we start, you know, preparing for the actual construction. Um, so we, we do anticipate that for a period of two to three years, you know, it's going to be a little bit uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But from an operation perspective, we are by and large ready to make sure that, you know, it's, it's somewhat seamless. Um, in terms of, and I agree, right, because it's, it's 
large projects that require large construction companies. Um, And within, you know, where we find ourselves as as South Africa, you know, we've had a very quiet construction, it's quite a few years within the construction industry and now it's almost as if, you know, we're we're really now focusing and building uh, a lot and constructing a lot. So we, you know, it's a a balancing act right now, but we're we're not too concerned. We've gone out already out on the market for some of these opportunities. We found that that they've been, you know, very good um, responses. And so from that perspective, we're not too concerned that um, we're not going to have enough people responding to the opportunities. Um, Like I say, some of the work has already been awarded and we start in earnest, um, you'll see, in Cape Town, particularly in February. Um, In in King Shaka, we've already started with, you know, um, the extension of the, the aprons, I mean, of the taxiways. Mm. So we're not too concerned that there won't be enough um, response from from the market. Okay. And uh, I want us maybe just to talk about, uh, I guess, uh, our extensive uh, uh, aviation infrastructure overseen by AXA. I know you were a chief operating officer prior to your current role. Uh, uh, Just maybe talk to us about what you guys have done differently. Uh, when we uh, compare that, and I don't want to, you know, I guess uh, sort of pick you out here and uh, uh, in an antagonistic way to some of your other counterparts in other SOCs, but it's quite clear that something ha- is happening at AXA that is being done rather differently from a governance perspective to what we might see in some of the other SOCs. Whew, where do I even start with that one? <laughs> um, so, so the first thing is um, we, we, we are a well-run SOE. We're very proud of that. We're very proud of our history. I think we've always said that in all the years of existence of, of AXA, we've only had one year where we've experienced losses, right? Mm. Um, but it doesn't mean that we haven't had our challenges. But overall, I think that with even the current governance processes, we're quite strong. We've... Um, uh, gone through our operating and uh, implementing a new operating model, which means that we had to almost reconfigure ourselves to ensure that um, we, we deliver the best possible product to, to our airlines, to our stakeholders, to our passengers, etc. But I think the biggest thing is that we've had a very good balance in terms of, you know, that on the one side we have um, aeronautical revenue, which is regulated. Mm. But we've been very fortunate in that we also have what we call non-aeronautical revenue. So non-aeronautical revenue is, you know, everything that we do in terms of our retail operations, mm. in terms of property, parking, advertising. So as a business, we've been able to get a good balance both out of aeronautical revenue and non-aeronautical revenue. So that's largely helped us to be able to balance the scales. You know, so when there's a dip perhaps in the travel market and we're seeing our aeronautical revenue kind of shrinking, our non-aeronautical revenue has come to the party and make sure that at least we were more sustainable. But having said that, it doesn't mean that we must now become, um, you know, complacent. I think particularly, as you said, with, with the Moody's outlook that came out two days ago, uh, we have to keep an eye on our expenses and we have to keep an eye especially on these capital infrastructure projects to make sure that it, at every single point we are on time and within budget. And what concerns me is that, you know, if the outlook changes in the next six months, you know, as we expect around February, they could change. It just means that our 14.8 billion rands might become a lot more expensive than the 14.8 billion rands that we anticipate. Mm. And we really, really need to guard against that because at the end of the day, it's sure. going to hit the passenger in terms of the passenger tariffs. Yeah. And we, we pride ourselves in making sure that the passenger 
pays for exactly what they need when they need and, and not a cent more. Mm. Let's talk just briefly, uh, I mean, I guess about uh, something else that might uh, maybe make the uh, cost of capital of uh, that uh, 12.8 billion rand or 14.8 billion uh, a bit more costly. And that, that was an announcement coming through from the Moody's Investor Services. It wasn't expected. It was really expected because I, I guess there's always uh, this uh, rule that, uh, you know, a... Um, uh, a sovereign rating can't be any lower than maybe a, a rating of a SOC or even of a, a corporation in that sovereign's territory. But uh, let's talk about what this is going to mean being placed on a negative outlook here by Moody's Investor Service uh, for not only this particular investment, but even the cost of your existing uh, borrowings that you might have as an entity. So by and large, right now, we have managed to pay um, a large part of our, of our, of our debts, right? So mm. we are sitting comfortably from that perspective. So the, the, the main worry is, is additional debt that we need to, you know, the additional funds that we need to raise for, for this, um, next level of, um, the next cycle of, of our capex program. So, um, unfortunately, if, if the situation continues like it is, the reality is the cost of capital will be a lot more expensive than, than we experience or than we anticipate. Um, I'm, I'm praying lots. I am fasting. I'm doing everything. But the reality is, you know, we have to be realistic about what could happen. So right now we are, um, as you know, as an executive team, looking at the different scenarios, looking at how it could play itself out. But I keep on saying that the one biggest thing is, you know, the funny thing, Ibong, is that from an aviation perspective, the numbers are there. We are mm. seeing an increase in our passenger numbers. So there is definitely a need for, for airports, for airports infrastructure, right? So at the end of the day, we have to make sure that we deliver that capacity when it's meant to be delivered. So it's almost as if, you know, we, we can't not bring in that additional capacity. Yeah. But we just make, need to make sure that it's not an additional burden or it's not an additional cost. And those are some of the things that we're looking at as a team, especially because we are going out on um, um, out into the market, you know, early next year for this five-year program. So it's going to be an interesting balance um, over the next couple of months. But like I said, to at the end of the day, make sure that we do not burden the passenger any more than you know what the passenger is already paying for in terms of passenger taxes. Mm. Let's just talk briefly um, about. Uh, I guess the context within which this particular investment is made uh, globally. Uh, I mean, we've seen uh, all manner of strikes that have halted the operations of many other uh, airlines across the world, uh, the likes of KLM and uh, even in the case of British British Airways. Um, uh, Talk to us about potentially if that indeed would happen here in South Africa, what impact it would have on AXA? Uh, Because, yes, one knows that those aren't necessarily your employees. They're employees of some of your clients. But uh, by and large, they work uh, on your infrastructure. They work on site on uh, many of the sites that you own. Well, what kind of risks uh, would that throw up for you guys there at AXA? So I guess, you know, it's always an interesting challenge because um, remember, as, as an airport, uh, we, we are regulated both by, like I say, economic regulatory perspective from the passenger ter- and the Civil Aviation Authority. So our license to operate really hinges on three aspects. It's making sure that the runway is safe, that there's air site, air site safety, as well as passenger safety, right? So even in the unfortunate event of an airline going on strike, yes, it does um, inconvenience in terms of, you know, the passenger experience because now you've got, you know, additional um, constraints that you, you have to plan for. But um, by and large, as an airport, we're, we're always prepared for that. You know, we're always prepared for that. So it's not ideal, but, but life goes on and, and, our, and our airport operations have to go on and, and, and 
hinging on that is making sure that the passenger is safe. Um, so, I, unfortunately, we haven't really seen much of it. You know, I, I think you saw what happened on the 22nd of October um, when, when a, a few of the airlines self-grounded themselves based on, you know, a number of prohibitions that were issued by the Civil Aviation Authority. Oh. But we were there as an airport collaborating with, with the airlines, collaborating with the various authorities, ensuring that the passenger, you know, experience was not severely impacted. And so we say that as a backbone, providing infrastructure, ours is to make sure that that's never compromised. We can never go into, you know, do people go on strike or do not go on strike, but also to make sure that passengers are always safe. Okay, talking about the safety of uh, passengers, I mean, there's an interesting development here that I guess gave us some insight into uh, how, uh, uh, you know, money changes hands in the aviation sector. It's the, uh, the case of Air Zimbabwe. Uh, just talk to us uh, just briefly before we get into sort of where that case is now about, uh, you know, this, uh, I guess, clearance system here. So so if Air Zimbabwe lands, uh, they have to pay you uh, uh, cash uh, and uh, how frequently do they have to pay you? And uh, would you have, I guess, different sort of payment terms or payment arrangements for different airlines? So I, I wouldn't want to go into a particular mm. airline. Um, example right now. But what I can say okay. is remember that we derive our aeronautical revenue, our income from an aeronautical perspective is derived from, from three aspects. It's your mm-hmm. passenger taxes that, that are on your on your ticket, it's aircraft landing fees, as well as um, aircraft parking fees, right? So of those three, obviously two of those are airline-specific. So what we do is, as, as Axan, we're very clear, we do not ground we do not grant airlines. We, we do not have um, the authority or the mandate to grant airlines. However, as with any transaction, you know, we, we, we can um, temporarily or suspend services that are being utilized at an AXA airport, right? I mean, it's a mm. user pay principle. Um, so we have standard terms and conditions. And, and when we see with a particular airline that there are, you know, constraints or, and, and all along, I must say that it's a very collaborative approach in, in where we say that, you know, we, we are seeing a trend. Um, we are concerned. How do we then make sure that uh, money is either paid up front or, you know, at the end of the day, we are a business and we have to make sure we're governed by, you know, certain protocols and certain legislations. And, and we have to make sure that we keep an eye on, 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 on the data's book. So when, when we make a decision like that, it's not an off the cuff. And you mm. can rest assured that we would have had proper consideration. And I think even more importantly, proper consultation with the impacted airlines um, to see how best you can solve it. And only when we see that we are now at risk as a business, do we make some of those core, uh, tough decisions to, to suspend services. Mm. Have you managed to find each other uh, between yourselves and uh, the aforementioned airline? I mean... Uh, Yes, they're, they're, yes, they're oh. back, back in operations, yes. Okay, all right. <laughs> um, and uh, I guess all of that money is uh, then settled uh, with you guys on your end. <laughs> Like I said, I don't want to speak about particular airline uh, numbers and okay. uh, references. All right, then. Fundi, last one on my end. Uh, and uh, thank you very much for, for coming through and uh, speaking to us about uh, this particular commitment that you've made here. Uh, but uh, just, uh, I guess, going forward here, um, uh, I like the point you were making about the expanding uh, the uh, uh, services on offer, be it on the freight or even on the passenger side, in many of our airlines. And we know how critical it is uh, to realizing the much-needed, I guess, tourism dollars that uh, have been much punted. Uh, uh, from where you're sitting now, we're going into the festive season. Uh, just any message you might have, I guess, for travelers. We know people were, uh, I, I, 
How do I say it? Uh, people were victims of theft uh, yesterday uh, when uh, the Springboks arrived in the country. Uh, just uh, some messages in that regard and maybe uh, the comment on the latest uh, in terms of uh, the um, I guess law enforcement response uh, to that. So I, I was actually there on the ground yesterday. Phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal to see, you know, the numbers, um, come, you know, numbers of our of our greater population come out, you know, to celebrate the Springbok. So it was an absolutely electric experience, right? But the reality is, um, I, and the message is that the airports are safe. And I think yesterday for me was testament. There was in, amazing collaboration between us, our security teams, our operational operational teams, as well as the various security clusters, being the police services um, and uh, the the EMPD. You know, so there's great work. And and I can always say, like I said. At the core of it, passenger safety is, is is important for us. So I guess my message is with any airport or any place in the world, you know, always be vigilant. And especially for, you know, for travelers, especially over the festive season, we are traveling in large numbers, you know. So make sure you get to the airport on time. Make sure that you give yourself plenty of time to get through the various checkpoints. You know, we do not compromise on security. And so you don't want to find yourself last minute trying to rush through security and just make sure that you just do, you know, the basic due diligence and everything that you need to do as a traveler. Nothing, nothing has changed. Mm. We are, um, we always put together um, additional contingency plans, especially around, you know, um, the peak season. So we are well equipped and uh, the airport is a great place. Come, come in your numbers, come in time and uh, come and enjoy the experience. Fundi, thank you very much for your time. I really, really appreciate it. And of course, kudos. Great to see uh, some of our SOEs. They're leading the charge when it comes to uh, answering the clarion call by our president to uh, invest in South Africa so that uh, we can continue on the project of growing uh, this country. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you so much, Adam. That there was Fundi Siteba. She's the acting CEO at the airport's company of South Africa and uh, I guess uh, assuring us that uh, the airport remains a safe space. But... uh, you know, we South Africans as us is in Dozienzeg, and that's not to say I'm condoning it in any way, but uh, be very, very careful of uh, some among us, uh, some criminal elements among us, uh, uh, who uh, use celebrations as an opportunity uh, to pounce and sayaz lendo ingaba koko imi or even lomnyata or welcoming our team back into the country, or even imisebenzi network as koyoglo December. Be careful. Uh, because uh, some of us might be celebrating, some of us, but some of us might be looking for an opportunity.